everyone, and welcome back to the Dakota Student Podcast. I'm your host, Claire, and today I'm joined by Demi, Dominique, and Claire again. We have, we got two on staff. It's Claire Squared time. Uh, it's Claire's first podcast, so this will this will be fun. How's everyone doing today? Doing well, trying to stay warm. I can see the snow coming down outside and not making me look forward to going outside soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> me neither. It's been so freaking cold. Not a fan. Yeah. No, I, Okay. So the thing that's been keeping me busy, I'm I'm sports editor here at the DS for those who don't know. I uh, keep on top of many different sports. Today, we're recording this on a Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, I saw this funny TikTok. It was like, happy Super Bowl Sunday to those who observe. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay. Um, but the other major sporting event we've got going on is the Olympics. Um, and as we were talking in our staff meeting, we kind of realized that we have some varying levels of interest in regard to the Olympics. Uh, personally, I'm up to date on quite a few events, but even my interest has dwindled in the past couple of years. What events have you guys watched or any at all? Um, I have watched hockey when it's on in the union and I'm eating panda, but that's about it. That's about it. Yeah, I haven't so much been watching as much as like recaps on TikTok or just on social media in general. I've been seeing kind of the big moments that have happened, but nothing really specific on what that really means to mm-hmm. um, How about you, Demi? Any commitment to the Olympics? Uh, not very much. I've, I've just been seeing like commercials for it and I was like, we, we already had that. And then I was like, oh, it's the winter one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like um not everyone has as much vested interest in the Winter Olympics as they do Summer Olympics. Um and it's been so weird being in these pandemic years too, where Tokyo was so empty, being postponed here. That perfect logo absolutely destroyed for no reason. You know what I'm talking about? The 2020 with interlocking, like the zeros trying to look like the rings. Ah, a graphic design masterpiece. Like a stunner. Absolutely wrecked for no reason. That is my biggest COVID complaint. (laughs) The ruining the Tokyo 2020 logo. Upsetting. Yeah. Do you guys prefer winter over summer? Summer over winter? I'm definitely a Summer Olympics fan here. Um, I just know more about summer sports, and so that just draws me in a little bit more. I also feel like they don't really talk about the Winter Olympics as much. Like, there just hasn't been as much hype, I feel like, about it when the Summer Olympics was this past year, and I felt like I heard a lot about that. I don't know if anyone else feels the same, but that's definitely how I feel. I think it has to do with the fact that the Winter Olympics are less accessible to the general audience um it's expensive i uh skiing is incredibly expensive i mean to just go out every once in a while like skiing is one of those hobbies i'd love to get into um i skied up at like botno when i was a kid honestly my my siblings also went inner tubing and i'm out here you know on some straight ice in the middle of North Dakota. <laughs> Forget powder. Like, it's expensive um, to rent skis, get your lift pass. And that's just a botno. Like, I've been, I skied out in Colorado as well. I'm not very good, but I have no incentive to get better because it's expensive. The communities are kind of clicky. I mean, you always hear about how skiers hate snowboarders, blah, blah, blah. Um, growing up, I didn't play hockey. Again, it was expensive. I wasn't connected to have anyone to like let me borrow you know someone's siblings gear to get started um i have a couple classmates who took like figure skating lessons but again that really was not 
available to me. And not to mention, Winter Olympics usually require snow and ice, so that takes out about, you know, half the continental U.S. for just general interest, although hockey has very much expanded. Um, last night, Brent Johnson is the first North, uh, first UND player to score being a Texas native, so that's a hot take. You're not always going to find other states participating, so... That's my take on why the Winter Olympics is less exciting to the to the general audience. I I agree with that a hundred percent. I find that a lot of the sports in the Winter Olympics are kind of elusive. You know, you don't see people losing just down the side of the road. Like it's just a cool sport that you don't see very often, and so that starts to kind of draw me in a little bit. But um, I don't know. I just some of them are pretty cool when you really do get a chance to sit down and look at them. And I wish I did have more time and to look into some of them because they are pretty cool and it's pretty unique what some of those people can do. Yeah, I was going to say like another reason why they might not be that popular now is because like think about what we're doing. We're in school right now. It's mm-hmm. cold outside. We're all like just huddled in our rooms, like eating ramen. And in the summer, we're like out and about doing stuff like most of us have more free time in the summer. So I feel like the Summer Olympics are even more like fun to watch when you have time to do so. I would push back though that I remember being in elementary school, um, 2010, Vancouver, stuff like that. I remember like watching some events during like indoor recess, you know, Mm -hmm. like they put it on the smart board or whatever. Like that was, that was pretty hype. Not going to lie. Then again, I also went to, um, I went to a small class B school in North Dakota and we would like, live stream the state be like basketball tournaments during during that that's like usually in like march or late february type of thing but that was also kind of the environment so yeah another thing that i feel like might limit people in watching is just the time difference and like when things are being put out for the audience to see i mean some of it's live and some of it's kind of delayed um, I remember as a kid, one of my like core memories is staying. I don't remember which Olympics it was, whether it was summer or winter, but like literally late at night watching an event. It was really cool. I mean, as a kid, you're staying up past your bedtime to watch it. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> also as an adult, when I have things to do during the day and can't stay up late and during the day, I have no time to sit and watch the delayed. Mm-hmm. It's hard to really have time to sit and watch them. Yeah. Um, it's also interesting how like news and social media outlets reporting on some of these events how tweets are relevant for approximately like 15 to 20 minutes after that they're really not um and so that that's the life lifespan of a tweet and so if you're tweeting something again relevant in a 15 minute window at 3 a.m no one stateside will see that um and obviously we don't have to dive into how algorithms work between promoting social media content, what you're going to see first on your feed. So that really does delay a lot of it. A lot of complaints also on NBC's coverage. Um, Not going to lie, when I watched the uh, USA-Canada hockey game, I was just hyped to see Jake Sanderson play. I mean, the kid literally had been in Beijing for like 24 hours, stepped off a plane, went through a nightmare COVID protocol in Los Angeles. He played great. Side note, if any of you didn't watch it, got his first Olympic point, got an assist. Uh, Corbin Knight for Canada scored. He's a UND grad as well. So party that up, boys. Um, but I really felt that the commentary and like color analyst were not good. It, it was like he just kept talking about Michigan hockey, Michigan State. And I was like, I don't want to watch that. 
I don't want to listen to you talk about that. I'm here to watch these guys play. Um, there's also a lot of comments about Michaela Schifrin. Uh, she uh, not disqual- wasn't disqualified, but fell on her two major events that she normally would be expected to meddle in, uh, obviously not make the podium. And there's her, like, sitting on the side of this, you know, hill, very emotional, as as one would be. And, I mean, the event's still going on, though, and they're not videoing that. They're, like, it was really unimpressive. It was not, not what I wanted to see. But... NBC makes so much money on holding, having those Olympic rights that I don't think anyone can argue with them. Be like, your coverage sucks because there isn't another, isn't really another option. Does anyone have any, Dominique, you mentioned you kind of had that like specific core memory of watching the Olympics. Um, I have some core memories, but I feel like I gotta, gotta pick your guys' brains first. Summer or winter, anything that really stands out where like, yes, this was an Olympic memory that was exciting for me. Probably soccer. <laughs> soccer? <laughs> like women's soccer. <gasps> Are like, you thinking of the year I'm thinking of? I hope so. Um. <laughs> Are you thinking of the 2012 Olympics in London? Did was their I uniforms look like then? Yes, I was. Yes, you were. Oh my god. Did, did, did the uniforms look like Where's Waldo? Where's Waldo? Oh, okay. So no. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So soccer is my sport. So my core memories do evolve around that. Mm-hmm. In 2012 was the London Olympics. U.S. won a gold medal. However, um, there's a, whenever any team releases new uniforms, there's always haters. I mean, that's just how it is. Eventually, you get used oh. to it. You see it. But the uniforms are red and white stripes, and a lot of fans were like, these uniforms look like, where's Waldo? Like, the, the little <laughs> character, you know, in those little books that you like, try to find him in these massive scenes. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, they are probably not, not they weren't my favorite when I first saw them, but um, I was obsessed with U.S. Women's National Team um, as a kid. And before they got a lot of primetime coverage, they actually uh, had those games from the 2012 uh, Olympics. They had them on YouTube, and I'd watch them during lunch. <laughs> so anyway, that was the type of kid I was. Uh, the other memory I recall, 2016, women's soccer again. That was the Hope Solo debacle. Um, that was after the U.S. lost to Sweden. Sweden kind of had this park the bus strategy. Uh, their coach was uh, Pia Sundhag. So I just butchered her last name. Sundhaga. She uh, used to coach the U.S. and... Anyway, not pretty. Hope Solo made some comments and people did not receive that well. However, she also had issues with the team leading up to that. But she claimed that that's why she uh, ended up getting cut from U.S. soccer. They uh, got rid of her contract. Yeah. Any other Olympic memories for anyone? I always just remember, like, the torch lighting ceremonies. And there's, like, a really specific one that I'm thinking of, but I can't remember, like, why it was so significant. So it really, I don't know. Interesting. I know London's opening ceremony was really fun for me. They had the queen, quote-unquote, you know, like, parachuting down. That was was cool. Um, But there was also uh, Mr. Bean. We know that comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. They had like him playing the piano and just a little dun, 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 like that. That no. Oh man, that was so oh. like, That was a moment for me. <laughs> yeah. Go back and watch that if if you haven't watched it. Would highly recommend. It is just pure 
comedic humor. It's it's like an all all ages audience comedy, and that's what makes it so good because it just appealed to essentially anyone who would have watched it. So, yeah. I was looking back. I like I said before. I think I'm a Summer Olympics fan more so, and I watch a lot more. And I think one of my favorite moments goes back to the 2012 Olympics again with gymnastics, which is a fall, um, a very fall sport for Americans for the Olympics. But that was the year of the Fierce Five. And when Gabby Gabby Douglas won gold um, for the all around and they won team gold that year as well. And it was just really impressive. Um, It was a great group of women. Um, and some of them went back to the 2016 Olympics then too. Um, I don't know. I just really liked their story and I thought it was really cool. I think Gabby Douglas was the first African-American woman to win all around gold. I think it was just a really historic year. So really love that. Also, I'm very not flexible. So anything gymnastics related, (laughs) is just really cool. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm originally from Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, that might ring a bell uh-huh. for uh, Gabby Douglas as well as Sean Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Johnson trained there. I actually have, I'm going to say met Sean Johnson. Uh, she's pretty active in the religious community down there. And she ended up like, I don't know, appearing at a church event that I attended as a kid. And that was really cool. I remember being like, oh my gosh, I spent Olympian, you know. <laughs> I remember that. Well, it's kind of the same. I'm from the Twin Cities area and SUNY Lee this past Olympics Mm in 2020. It was supposed to be 2020, but it was 2021. And so just being in the city, uh, in the cities around that time, it was just so awesome to like feel that like camaraderie almost just that everyone was like backing this person. And it was just really inspiring. So that was really awesome, too. So Mm -hmm. I relate I was going to add one of my one of my minor complaints about this year's Winter Olympics with the NHL pulling out, um, not not allowing their players to play. I have heard a lot, a lot of comparisons to the Miracle on Ice 19, um, 1980s, like Placid. Um, obviously, UND is a hockey school. We don't need to recap all of that. But what makes me so mad about these comparisons is that Soviet Union-Russian team playing Team USA, it was very much this David and Goliath matchup. It's This is not a David and Goliath matchup. This is everyone is operating on the same, same page. Hockey has developed so much in the past, what, 40 years, right? Like, this is not the same. They're... Uh, it's obnoxious to hear about. It really is. I... If I hear one more Miracle on Ice comparison, I'm I'm deleting my Twitter account. I'm done. No more. That's it. It has been fun, though, I guess, in the in the games I have watched hockey. There are so many, like, NCHC um, guys on the American squad, and it's funny hearing all their names in succession. I'm like, we just listed off four different teams. I would have never thought I would have heard this, like, three years ago. Um, yeah. What is everyone's favorite Winter Olympics event to watch. Dominique, I know you were saying gymnastics is summer. The not so far leap is figure skating. <clears throat> How do you feel? Is that your favorite? Is there another one that you might prefer? Honestly, I talked about gymnastics. I like it. I like and it. I like watching all of them, really, just like something different that I'm not used to. I grew up playing soccer, so obviously I like soccer as well. But 
I like watching sports that are just kind of different than what I'm used to. So I do like figure skating and I do like um, skiing. Um, I grew up skiing as well. So that's always fun to watch. But, you know, I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, luging. Like, I just think that's fun, you know, like that's an Olympic sport. And that's just I think it's fun or bobsledding, things that are kind of just different that, you know, you can't just like walk out your door and either do or see that like once every four years you get to experience. So I think events like that are fun. Yeah, I was going to say that I love hockey. I mean, I go to UND, so I love hockey, but I love bobsledding. And it's not necessarily that I know a lot about it. It's because of the movie Cool Runnings. Oh, I love that. It's a great, it's a great movie, but it's, oh my gosh. I'm like, if anyone was like, do you like bobsledding? I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah. They're like, do you know anything about it? Yeah, sure. I watched Cool Runnings, so I basically know everything. (laughs) Okay, I'm about to embarrass myself. What is, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. What is the movie with the actress who played Georgina Sparks in Gossip Girl. It's her ice skating. It's like Ice Princess ice or something. Ice Princess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Tell me I absolutely me know <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Tell just that gave movie. me a look. Oh, that was very like, oh. Yeah. I did not just watch that on Disney Plus very recently. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Man. That's funny. Prime. Cool Runnings. Ice Princess, Miracle on Ice. I feel like Disney Plus just put out something on like Soviet Union side story from Miracle on Ice. The one like Tanya Harding documentary is always, always a hot take. It's interesting how much, how much of a pop culture reference the Olympics is. Yet as we've all kind of discussed, we haven't really been avid watchers in the past couple couple of years i also find it interesting that all those movies that you just referenced were of the winter olympics and i i mean i'm maybe i just don't know but i can't think of off the top of my head very many on the summer even though we just said that we think the summer is more popular than the winter i can only really think of documentaries from like Mm -hmm. the summer olympics like the larry nasser documentary Mm -hmm. i just know about but even that that's the movies that we just listed off are like feel good, yeah. excitement, uh-huh. like positive PR. Mm-hmm. I can't say no. positive <laughs> PR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's the man is not the Olympics, but it is the soccer <laughs> Man. She's the man. Um, I just lost it. I'm embarrassing myself. What is it? What is it? The Blake Lively movie. God. What's the Blake Lively movie? (laughs) Ah, shoot. (laughs) Love Blake Lively, though. Oh, shoot. It's the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. That's embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm kidding. That's it. I'm done. I'm going to take my mic away. You said Blake Lively movie. I was like Green Lantern. <laughs> she's like she's not talking about that. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's funny. No, no, I know what we're forgetting. All the Air Bud movies, <gasps> the classics. How oh could I have forgotten gosh. the classics? Well, the next couple Olympics. Okay, let's let me let me back it up. We've been talking about how the past couple Olympics have been in the Eastern Hemisphere. Um, we're thinking Russia, um, in Sochi. 
2014, Pyeongchang in South Korea, 2018, Tokyo, again, originally scheduled 2020, then then being moved to 2021, and now we're in Beijing, 2022. It still feels weird saying 2022. Okay, yeah, okay, good. Glad we're on the same page with that. Um, But the next couple of Olympics are going to be moving back into the Western Hemisphere, which I'm personally a little bit more excited about just because... uh, it's easier for me to keep up with it and report on. Uh, again, the Olympics that we all kind of commented on enjoying relatively the most would have been 2012, London. Uh, we talked, uh, Claire and I talked a little about 2016 and soccer there. And again, uh, gymnastics, like those were kind of the, oh, and t- 2010 Vancouver, right? Those were more of the ones we have more memories of. So I'm excited for that. Um, next Olympics. Paris. Paris 2024. Oh, their TikTok accounts? Low-key pretty funny. You know what I'm talking about? Anyone else say that? Okay. <laughs> Paris 2024. Milan 2026. Okay. LA 2028. And Brisbane 2032. I'm uncomfortable that we just said 2032. Um, <laughs> I am as well. I'm really uncomfortable right now. Oh, I don't like that. 10 years from now? I don't like that. I don't like it's that. It's like, where are you going to be in 10 years? Oh watching the Olympics. Thank oh. you. <laughs> well, when you say it like that, too, in 10 years, like, I feel like 2032 is so much farther away than just 10 years. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm going to have a mental breakdown. It's Next to this <laughs> microphone. Yeah, please. We're fine. Please don't make We're me fine. have a crisis over here. Yeah. But another interesting pattern that I've kind of noticed is how much these Olympics have lined up with, yeah, and I play soccer. World Cups. Um, so 2016 Summer Summer Olympics were in uh, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. 2014 World Cup was also hosted in Brazil, men's side of things. Um, and then we skip ahead to uh, Sochi Winter Olympics. That was 2014. Men's World Cup was also hosted in Russia. Um, so there's just some interesting overlap on there. There's another overlap. Uh, 2012 Olympics. Ooh. No, there wasn't a, there wasn't an overlap there. Well, 2023 Women's World Cup is a duo nation host. It's New Zealand and Australia. But we said Brisbane is 2032. Mm-hmm. Not quite. The Men's World Cup. Oh, there's a triple bid. A triple. Yeah. U.S., Canada, and Mexico. A North American one. Yep. Is that 2026, question mark? Yes. And L.A. is 2028 for the okay, Olympics. Okay, yep. Again, again kind of close on that. Um, I know Women's World Cup was in China 2000. Shoot. Well, obviously they played their, win- their, their Winter Olympics. Yes, soccer is definitely played in the Winter Olympics. Summer Olympics, Beijing 2008. There is, there is something close there. But not the point. There's a lot of overlap with that, but it's due to having these infrastructures already in place, right? Um, After the kind of uh, crumbling uh, 
years post uh, Olympics in Athens, there's been a lot more concern about having these stadiums and tourism capacities to be in place before a nation is awarded the Olympics. There's so much money that goes into this. I'm also quite curious on how these major events are insured. Fun fact, my dad used to work for an insurance company that insured the the U.S. Open, um, and there were certain amounts of details that went into this, like, you know, if it was raining and it, what games would be missed due to, you know, weather, stuff like that. Um, that was really interesting. So I'm kind of curious how that would be insured. I imagine it's so much bigger than one company, but uh, there's essentially zero spectators um, in China right now. There weren't any in Tokyo either. That just makes it so interesting, again, of how much money goes into this, TV ratings, the infrastructure that is there, um, that has to be remodeled and slash or built um, if it's not already in place. It's such a massive event that I don't think any of us really give enough thought to, but I would argue, again, that's partially due to the fact that it hasn't been hosted in countries close to the U.S. in recent years. So I love I love stressing out adults and being like, yeah, I was born in 2000. Like, what? I'm like, yes, people continue to have children. People are still coming into existence despite the years passing. However, that has also come back to bite me. I work as a camp counselor. I heard a child tell me that they were born in 2011. And I (laughs) almost cried. It's like, no, you were not. Absolutely not. So, I mean, I don't like that. No more growing up. No more growing up talk, guys. I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't even brought it up. You said 2032. I just said that a child was born in 2011. We're done. No more of this. New topic, y'all. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of the Olympics, in a general sense, is that it is kind of this like coming together of uh, connections that you wouldn't expect. There is so many human interest stories beyond these athletes and their achievements. Um, I love all like the pin trading have you seen those TikToks? Uh, I want to say Sean White had one that was relatively popular where he showed off his like pin collection. It's giving Disney adult, to be completely honest with you, with all the pins. No? Oh. I haven't seen it, but it reminds me. I did something like at an international tournament as a kid with the pin trading. And Are you I, talking about Blaine? Yes, I am talking oh, about Blaine. I played Blaine too. Sorry. <laughs> so I, it just is reminiscent of that. And I know how cool that is. So I can't imagine how cool Sean White's is. So yeah, I'm going to have to look into it. They're all very like personalized like some of them are a little stereotypical like i think the netherlands might have had like little like wooden clogs type of things but they're really cool and some like they're like the enamel pins so they're well done um and yeah i also played swans cup and blaine um i remember i i was pretty obsessed with my trading pins too so i'd forgotten about that Mm -hmm. until you know i'm like maybe it came from the olympics i don't know oh man yeah i think I, i played there a couple years I want to say there's a Japanese team and there is another couple ones. Yeah, I think as a kid, I played a team from I want to say it was like somewhere in South America. I want to say like um, Paraguay. That's what I want to say is either Paraguay or or Uruguay. I'm so saying that wrong, but um, it was really cool. They totally kicked our butts, but oh, yeah. no, no, <laughs> you know, I, obviously. Uh, yeah. But it was a good experience, and I mean, just playing against someone of a different 
you know, culture is unique. So I, I just can't imagine what it's like in the Olympics. Yeah. Playing styles vary so much. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, but these these pins were so interesting to me, but also just the TikToks in general. Like you see so many of these Olympians who aren't necessarily the big names, but they're so funny. I saw these um these ski jumpers who were like they had like some sort of practice, I'm gonna say rig up on the stairs, and they essentially did like the dirty dancing lift and like put the music over it. It was great. It was it was pretty funny. I appreciate I appreciate their humor. Um, it's the TikToks I've seen appear to be a lot happier and like positive reactions compared to like the cardboard bed debacle in Tokyo. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, they were unhappy campers. Or the gym comparison between the women's oh. gym versus the men's gym. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, some of these, I think we always forget how young some of these guys are too. Like, Chloe Kim is what? 19? 20? Yes, no, maybe. I thought she was 15 at the last one. So, someone's got to look that up. Sorry, y'all. But she's 21. 21. Okay, well, okay. She's my age. That makes me want to, like, go off, my guy. You you rock that. You deserve that. Um, Like, we forget how they're our age like they they've got a family who are probably back stateside cheering them on i love watching those watch parties too when they like cut over to them those are so fun just seeing how people come together and like what you're saying about suni lee um in like you know minneapolis like really supporting like ah, I, I love those human interest stories they make me so excited one of the things that I've loved as like technology and social media have like grown, I know you're talking about TikTok and seeing all those things. I think it's cool that we're seeing a different side of the Olympics that we've never gotten to see before. Like mm-hmm. them getting to interact with each other and other players like outside of like actually competing. Um, I don't know about you guys, but competition is like, I, I'm a very competitive person and I, they obviously are too. But like seeing like the interactions and friendships I get to make, you know, what facilities even look like like mm-hmm. I find that so interesting like what does it actually look like when you go to the Olympics besides the arena that you're actually doing the thing in mm-hmm. so I I I've loved that progression yeah. on TikTok they've been posting a lot about their cafeteria situation and it's just so crazy to see how much like food they have like they have a KFC KFC is very popular in Asian countries fun fact I did not know that yes but. there is a big deal about Japan um, and I don't know if it's Thanksgiving or Christmas. It's Christmas. Christmas. It's a tradition to get KFC for Christmas in Japan. Um, one of my communications professors is uh, from Korea, and he kind of does this like mini case study on it. And it's very interesting because so many American fast food restaurants don't necessarily translate well into those cultures. Uh, the class I had taken with him was international comp, so makes sense. But yeah, no, it's really interesting. And again, it really humanizes these athletes too. Like they're not these robotic extensions to represent countries. And I think it's it's also good for these athletes to be able to get together and discuss um, their own experiences and to compare. That's how sports grow and develop um, and how you make each other better, right? Like, 
a lot of complaints on Twitter about women's hockey. The fact that we even have to ask these questions makes me upset, but we're going to ignore that for now unless you want me to get fired up and monologue again. But, I mean, you get better and develop these teams and get these nations to back them by comparing and knowing what's realistic and what isn't. So I think it's great. I love seeing the camaraderie. I agree with you, Dominique. Well, there's a few more weeks left in the Olympics. I will be keeping tabs on hockey. And I feel like this conversation is good. I feel like we definitely definitely had some, some good thoughts, but hopefully we get to watch some more, see some fun events, get that final medal count, hopefully in favor of Team USA. Yeah. So... Thanks for joining us on the Dakota Student Podcast this week, and we'll see everyone soon. 